the bad guys are a step closer to the national championship. And frankly, I think most college football fans are happy about that. Except probably those in Ohio who are now looking for a new coach a day after thinking they could be winning the national title. That game and everything else that happened this past week, we'll be talking about on Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college gift! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! It's I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? I'm a lot better than I was on Wednesday. Um, as I was telling you off off the air, I'm I'm still sick as a dog. But the, the upshot of that is that I was mandated mandated to stay in bed on Saturday, which meant I literally had to do nothing but watch college football (laughs) from 11 a.m. Central Time until I fell out. Uh, And we'll talk about the moment I fell out later. Bask in this. We may never get this weekend again. We may never get this weekend again. The playoff expands next year. It's What a day. I I have to admit that I was impressed that you – were the one who told me what happened in the Hawaii game. In the late night get back! I know! I, I, so, <laughs> here, here we go. See, I'm just going to start coughing and hacking and all kinds of shit. <laughs> so, so, so I take the NyQuil. I take the NyQuil Saturday night. And, and if it lasts for like, it, it, it's either four or six hours, whatever it is. I can tell when it, when it, when it, you know, whenever the time is because I wake up. And I, and I start coughing and all this stuff. So anyway, so I go to the bathroom, get my bearings, just to, you know, take take another round of meds. I'm like, okay, let's let's see what happened in the uh, in the late night get back. And sure enough, I see the uh, the wild finish on the island, which we'll talk about in a little while. Uh, yeah, I've got to keep you informed, buddy. It was a it, I, I was locked in almost all day until some team had to, uh, of course, ruin the fun. But I, I told you that was going to happen earlier in the week. Okay, and, and I got to admit, I, I got about a point two of Mikey's life history of North Carolina watching that game and it's, that team. Yeah. Why? How did they win a game all year? Exactly. I know. I know. It's so stupid. And they came out and looked like, looked like a junior varsity high school team. Anyway, let, 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 let's get to the big guns, because I'm sure nobody wants to hear us complain about the North Carolina Tar Heels in minute three of the show. We have one listener out there that does, Mama Cornette. Shout out to Mama Cornette. <laughs> we'll get there soon enough. But there were, some, there were some bigger fish to fry on Saturday, most notably. And by the way, we know we have a couple of North Carolina State fans who listen, so there's that. They probably want to hear you. Well, they can kiss my <laughs> so ass crazy too. As well, yeah. They can kiss my ass. Michigan thirty, Ohio State twenty four. 
the bad guys not only win, but they cover. And frankly, it wasn't that difficult. I'm not going to say it never felt like Ohio State was going to win the game. Because they did have the ball and were driving on the last, you know, final minute of the game. But it never really felt like Ohio State was going to win the game. But they managed to hang around and keep it interesting. I do think, and I'm going to get this out of the way right now, um, this might be the last game of its kind in ever in college football with the new postseason next year. Totally agree. Like, all of the stakes. I mean, it was life or death on... Because a game of this magnitude will not have the importance because it won't have the magnitude because the loser will still get into the playoffs. Absolutely. And that's what I hate about it. Because nothing spoke to me as a college football fan. As two top five, top ten schools in late October, early November, it's getting cold, the sun's starting to set early, literally on the season, you got to win. You have to win. And when the stakes are that high, the pressure's amped up to that unconscionable level. It's when the great stuff happens. It's that kind of pressure that we see resulting in the reactions that we've seen from Ohio State fans since Saturday of, do we really want Ryan Day as our football coach? And yeah, I, it, it's amazing. They've they gone from Ryan Day is going to lead us to the national title, Michigan sucks, to, oh, God, we have to get rid of Ryan Day. It's, it's insane. You look at his record at Ohio. He's lost seven games at Ohio State. If you take out Michigan and playoff games, he's lost one game. <laughs> one game at Ohio State that wasn't in the playoffs and wasn't to Michigan. And, and they're ready to kick him out of the streets. And the hilarious thing is here, I don't know who tweeted it. Uh, Somebody said, Big Ten fans have done nothing for the last 10 years but whine, bitch, and moan about how the SEC has ruined college football. And Ohio State's out here wanting to fire Ryan Day after seven losses in five seasons or whatever the hell it is. (laughs) Yeah, they they are the problem. They don't realize this. In in fact, I was thinking about that myself listening to the television announcers. You know, and, and they're lamenting the fact that games like this won't happen ever again. It's your own goddamn company's fault. It's their, it's absolutely their fault. Absolutely TV's fault. Now, now that we've set the stage, let's talk about the game. And, and I agree with you. It wasn't that I never thought Ohio State could win the game. But until the moment the ball was in Marvin Harrison's hands... I didn't think Kyle McCord could get the ball into Marvin Harrison's hands. And that ended up being the case. Uh, McCord threw the game-ending interception, and he couldn't get the ball in Harrison's hands often enough. I don't know what the answer is to that. Other than... Uh, Other than Kyle McCord sucks? Well, and they need a new coach, because Ryan Day needs to be fired. Ryan Day also sucks, (laughs) absolutely. Here's the deal. We're, we live in the we live in the 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 time of, of something called oh, what, what's it? it oh the transfer portal that's what it's called. You're Ohio State. Just go buy somebody out of the transfer portal. They couldn't get Spencer Sam Rattlers they, available. They couldn't outbid. They couldn't outbid Notre Dame for Sam Hartman. They, <laughs> I mean, I mean, what are we doing here? They could have got J T. Daniels from Ryan. They could have brought J T. back. I mean, come on, what are we doing? 
you got to find a way to get the ball into into Harrison's hands a little more. Because like, they, he they, they could have got the SMU kid that Wisconsin got. Yeah, a- anybody, literally anybody. I said it on Monday. I thought that the quarterbacks were going to be the difference. I didn't think either of them were were big enough to to McCarthy played well. He didn't he didn't have to make any big time plays because they were able to at least control the ground game, play field position. But That's I mean, he was a, a game manager. That's absolutely, exactly what he did. And let me tell you something: that fourth and short play where they lined up for the sneak and they rolled it out with a little tight inch uh, in the flat. That was a badass call. And that was a badass throw that took stones to do it. And McCarthy did it. The 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 knock on Ohio State, beyond McCord, and I didn't want to get on McCord. We could bang on the kid all he wants. He was, he was in over his head at the big house. And still somehow, they had a chance to win at the end. The knock on Ohio State earlier this year, Ryan Day cut the wrestling promo. We'll talk about wrestling promos later too. Ryan Day cut the wrestling promo on Lou Holtz about being tough and all that stuff. Michigan damn near ran the final eight minutes of the game out by marching down the field for what looked like it was going to be the game-cinching touchdown. Ohio State finally, on their very last opportunity, got the final stop that they had to to force a field goal. Ran about, you know, ran out all your timeouts. Now, now you've put your your in over his head quarterback in a in an unwinnable position. Ohio State needed to find a stop somewhere on that drive, and Michigan. Just like they have the last two seasons, ran it down their damn throats when it mattered the most, and Ohio State couldn't stop them, and that was the difference in the ball game. And that seems to be the overriding theme of big games this week: running games still matter. Absolutely, absolutely. So Michigan's in Ohio State. There, there's, there's no way, right? I mean, there's no way they can get into a four-team playoff. There would have to be the massest of mass chaos, I think, this weekend. You would mean, have every, to, everybody would have to lose, and Ohio State would barely be able to get in as number four just by not playing. Oh, absolutely. It, well, it, Washington, it would, it would, Florida State, Georgia, but then Alabama would leapfrog them. Texas would have Texas to lose. Would, Texas, Texas would have to lose. That, that you're, it would have to be mass, mass carnage. And here's the thing: there was. I, I think it's to the to the point where it wouldn't just have to be the results; it would have to be the hows on that too, the style points and all that kind of stuff. A lot of weird stuff would have to happen for Ohio State to have a shot here. They're out. I'm calling it right now. They're out. Yeah, I, I agree. They are out. And here again, this is a great play against come bowl season. They'll probably have fired Ryan Day at that point. They'll probably be looking for a new quarterback. I, I doubt Kyle McCord will play. He'll probably be in the transfer portal by bowl season. Marvin Harrison probably won't play. This Ohio State team is not going to be anything that we've seen during the regular season come whatever bowl game they're in. They're not going to fire Ryan Day. They're not They're not going to. The, oh, the yeah, lunat- they are. Yeah, the they lunat- are. The lunatic fan. No, no, here's the difference. The lunatic fringe of Ohio State doesn't pull the strings on the Ohio State Athletic Department like some schools in Texas, which we'll talk about in a little while. The lunatic well, fringe okay. does, you do does, have, does... You do have a, a little bit of a point there, yeah. The boosters really don't run Ohio State. Ohio State... Ryan, Ryan Day's got another year. But man, if they lose four in a row, and then the the... the, the, the 
the seat um it, it will literally be on fire it will not be a hot seat it well will be especially fire. because they will lose to a michigan team that's no longer coached by jim harbaugh that's most likely the case too that that's the that's the thing and and Ryan they Day lost loses. to a Michigan State Michigan team this year that wasn't exactly the they lose to the they lose to the interim this year. That dude coached his ass off, by the way. Or did so. they? I saw a mask man on dun, the sideline. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a little cold. They did have to. There were a couple of guys that had to pop up, pop up the masks and stuff. So Michigan moves on to the Big Twelve or the Big Twelve, the Big Ten championship game, where they are a twenty-three point favorite over Iowa, and the total's thirty-five. I, I know the question is really, will Iowa score? I mean, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Iowa will not score an offensive touchdown in the Big Ten championship game. They might score a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. They're not going to score an offensive touchdown. The final score might be 35-2. to two. Here's the thing, and I hate it because they're going to make me do it. I'm going to, I'm going to spoil Wednesday. I've told you all season long, when there's a total that's that low and a spread that's that wide, you know what side to pick. And it ain't the Michigan Wolverines. I'm just telling you that right now. Oh. And that might that might mean that I, I'm out money next week. But yeah, I, I think I'll be putting some coin on Iowa next weekend. And I hate myself for that. I, was, I, I can't do that. There's, there's I no way. I, Iowa has proven that anytime they play a good team, they are mismatched. Remember, they lost to Penn State 31-0. And have and it had like seventy total yards or something like that. I know, I know. And that's Penn State, who is not competitive against either Michigan or Ohio State. I've got forty eight hours to stew on this. We'll see what I feel like on Wednesday. Let's move on to a couple other games here. Alabama beats Auburn 27-24 in the Iron Bowl. They had no right winning this game except Auburn. <sighs> Weird things happen in this game when they play it at Jordan-Hare Stadium. I don't know what it is. It's the weird Auburn voodoo. It's uh, I can't remember. The, but it's the, supposed a, to happen against the visitors, not for the visitors. Weird things happen. Well, the, the weird thing happened when it's second and goal and, and Alabama botches the snap and the ball goes 25 yards backwards. Yeah, Jalen Milrow's like looking at the cheerleaders or something when the ball was snapped. I yeah, don't, I don't know what he was probably doing. looking at that blonde that CBS had kept putting on the on the TV every five minutes. It was hilarious. And then on third down, he wasn't looking at the sidelines when he should have been to see where the line of scrimmage was. Yeah, <laughs> runs, run, scrambles, passes the line of scrimmage, tries to step back, throw. It was, oh, absolute shit show. So it's fourth and goal from the thirty-one yard line, and. Alright, let's just bust this down right now. Auburn rushes two guys. Two. Two dudes. Two. Two the two defensive ends rush. They keep a linebacker in as a spy for I'm still not quite sure what reason, because even if Milrow takes off to run, they've got if you don't have the spy, you'd have nine guys back in the end zone who could Still you, you know, got eight guys and there's only five guys that exactly. can go downfield. So it's still eight on five. It's still eight on five. It could have been nine on five, but they blew that. But it's still eight on five. How does it wasn't like the receiver made an incredible catch? He was open. He was one. He was one on one in the left corner of the end zone, and the cornerback had no idea the ball was coming. So I saw the. I saw it from the sky cam 
replay later. And you can see the Auburn second secondary is pretty much spread out across the end zone like you would think they would be. Again, it's eight on five. You can go zone defense here. You don't have to go man up. One of the Bama receivers cuts from the left side across, back across. And at this point, they'd been running around for 30 damn seconds. Because it, it felt like an eternity. Yeah. One of the receivers cut from the left side across, and the two Auburn secondary that were in that went off with him and left Bond one-on-one in the corner. And at that point, you play the numbers game and say, hey, I got a 50-50 shot here versus you know a 20% shot anywhere else. Talk about Steiner math now. If anything, he should have he should have interfered. But he wasn't he absolutely close enough tackled. to interfere. It's not even a spot foul in college. It's 15 right, yards. 15 yards. So it's not, at that point, it's not even fourth, you know, or first and goal. It's it's first, you know, it's first. You're and, about the 15, it's first and ten it's from the fifteen, and they still only got and they, and and you got thirty seconds. Oh my god! Just one of the all time breakdowns you will ever see on a football field. I I mean, and credit Milrow, the pass was dead on the money. I mean, it was perfect. I don't give credit to Milrow. That's just one of those lucky things that happened. It might have been lucky, but he fucking nailed it. Auburn wins. Okay, it's the monkey that can write Steinbeck once every lifetime. Milrow's not a good quarterback. That is not because of skill. That's because of pure dumb luck. Milrow, Milrow can throw a decent deep ball. That's the one thing that they've been able to do. That's why that's why they struggled earlier in the season because they, they were trying to tr- trying to squeeze him into you know a, a box that he didn't fit for. They were trying to ha- have him put in you know pinpoint ten yard out routes and whatnot. And that's not his that's not his thing. Let him get out and throw one. And that's what he did. And they how do they, how does Auburn have the backup punt returner in on the on the final punt of the game and where he's. I have no oh, idea. Yeah, of course, the, that happened. The, yeah, the yeah. turf mon- the turf monster gets him. He falls down, and that's how Bama winds up with the ball in in a position to win the game in the first place because the turf monster gets the backup punt returner, who Hugh Freeze after the game said he didn't even know it was the it was the it was that guy in the game. Way to manage your team, Hugh. That's great. Why don't you go back up and and and, and do it from the press box on the stretcher? Again. <laughs> we can do that gimmick again. That'd be great. Auburn was the better football team for 59 and a half minutes on the plane Saturday. They ran the ball down Alabama's throat, and the Tide couldn't do a damn thing about it. They knew they weren't going to throw the ball, and Auburn ran it down their throats anyway. And somehow, after all of that, Alabama does that. I, I mentioned this on Twitter. Nick Saban, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. I'm not taking anything away from him. Let me say this. There's a weird thing that happens. And I don't know if it's just you're around long enough to, for it to happen. I don't know. But all of the greats in all sports all over the place are so often the recipients of the most opportune luck and or opponents doing the dumbest fucking things you can imagine. Saban on Saturday... And that's not the first time. How many times did Bill Belichick get a lucky break? The other team did something stupid. I mean, I I don't have enough fingers to to count those. 
uh, as far as the Patriots dynasty and how many times something stupid happened to, to keep those going. Dean Smith. I mean, on, there's a famous NFL rule now because of that. That's exactly. a rule. Dean Smith I, won two God. national titles. Dean Smith won two national titles because Fred Barron threw the ball to James Worthy and Chris Weber called a timeout that he didn't have. Now, that being said, he Carolina defense forced him into that timeout by playing really, really good defense. Let me no, say no, that no, out no, there. No. But, Chris Weber's an idiot. Well, that. <laughs> Let's not give credit to anything else. Chris Weber was an idiot. Always was an idiot. Joe Torrey's Yankees. All sorts of bullshit happened during that dynasty, too. The, 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 the Tony Tarasco, Derek Jeter home run. Are you fucking kidding me? Weird things happen, always in favor for the all time greats. And this was just another example of it. Absolute heartbreak for Auburn after last week's shit show. And having New Mexico State embarrass them like they did. Hand number one in the air. I did not think Auburn had anything, anything whatsoever for Alabama this week. I said it as much on Wednesday. I thought they were dead, toast, roadkill. And they should have won that football game. They were the better team on Saturday. We We were this close to this transitional process. Alabama loses to Auburn, who lost to New Mexico State, who lost to Massachusetts. Mm, Jesus. Whoo. Okay, we are 20 minutes into the show right now. We've talked about two football games. We still need to talk about one more thing, but let's keep let's start moving on to other games real quickly. If Alabama beats Georgia, are they in the playoffs? If Alabama beats Georgia, they need help to get in the playoffs. What help do they need? They need Texas to lose, that's for sure. Let's see, at that point, Michigan's in. If Florida State wins, they're in, no matter what. Con- I, I don't. I, the, the committee's not going to take that argument. Is that Georgia point, in regardless? No, Georgia's not in regardless. Oh. No, Georgia is not in regardless. There are too many other moving pieces out there for Georgia to be in regardless. So you're telling me that Alabama wins... Washington wins, Florida State wins, Michigan wins, Georgia's out. Yes, I do. I'm absolutely saying that. I would disagree. I think the playoff committee will end up screwing Florida State. If Florida State is undefeated and gets left out of the playoff, there will not be an Atlantic Coast Conference on Monday morning. I will tell you that right now. That there, could well be, but I'm telling it you, will be the, the, the playoff committee will screw Florida State. Because, you because wanna Georgia must be in the playoffs. I'm starting to think this. I'm starting to think. I'm, I'm starting to go conspiracy theory on this, and we'll, and we'll talk about uh, as we go into the next game here. I this think isn't even a conspiracy. Is, this is flat out facts. I'm th- no. I'm thinking. Look, if we're gonna screw somebody here, why not screw the Pac-12? They're not a conference anymore. After <laughs> yeah, you this got year. a point there. Why not? If Oregon, <laughs> if, if they're going to pull the Big 12 bullshit. They're going to pull the one true championship. If Oregon beats Washington, they're both 12-1. and one, They cancel each other out. They're going to wipe them off. That's how these other teams can get back into the mix here. That might be how, how Georgia winds up getting back in. But what if Washington beats Oregon for the second time? Washington's in. There's no way. There's right, no way and that's why Washington Florida out. State's out. They'll go, nope, strength of schedule. Georgia's better than Florida State. Florida, that, Florida State, Florida State, out of conference, out of fucking conference, scheduled LSU and Florida. And I know Florida's not good this year. They scheduled two SEC teams out of conference. 
went undefeated. You're telling me they're going to leave Florida State out? Are you kidding me? Yes, they will because SEC. They beat the SEC twice. They went undefeated. I, 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 there there, well, there okay, will okay, be. Look, look, we all know the reason they will really leave Florida State out, and that's because they're missing Jordan Travis, and Tate Rodemeyer isn't going to do crap, and they need ratings, and Tate Rodemeyer does not equal ratings. But to tell the press why, they'll say Georgia played a better schedule. Georgia should have won their conference at, at, that, at that point. Again, I don't want to get into all this. I really don't because I hate the what-if bullshit that, that we have to deal with every second season. Let's let the games play out, and we'll talk about them seven days from now right here on this very podcast. One game that did play out, and I told you, I think that the, the you know, screw job could be on. Washington wins the Apple Cup in a dramatic walk-off field goal as Washington goes for it on fourth down on the, oh, man, Kalen DeBoer with the play call of the year. The run pass option with the reverse to Roma Dunze on, on the end around. Oh, man. What a freaking play call. Penix kept it, took one step, called it. It was an audible live. He called it. He said, nope, I'm, I'm ditching it. Catches Rome coming around, tosses it one hand. Awesome play call. Fourth in the season. Right there, deep in their own territory, own twenty-nine, and, and they and and they and they pick up the first down, drive down, kick the field goal uh, as time goes out. Undefeated regular season for the Huskies. It was a hell of a scene at Husky Stadium in Seattle. And remember now, this is the second time Penix has hit Odunia's on a game-winning catch because he did the same thing uh, with Oregon or Oregon State or uh, maybe the game before that. Again, it was a it was a third and something that he hit Ardunia's. Bottom line, though, that connection is just incredible and can't miss. There is a chemistry there that you can't fake. They they've just they've got it, and, and and it's awesome to see. Sets up Washington Oregon rematch. Ducks a big favorite. That's a lot of points that are that that are out there right now for the Pac-12 title game this Friday night in Vegas. Yeah, I I don't know what to do with that one yet. Um, I don't either. The, the line is pitch perfect, unfortunately. Not sure what to do with it. Let's get to the ACC. Florida State did beat Florida 24-15. Tate Rodemeyer, yeah, 12 of 25, 134 yards. And he took a vicious hit late. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up in concussion protocol and they have to bring that freshman in. Even though Rodemeyer came back into the game, I, I think he might have been answering what is today with the answer for. He got shellacked on that scramble. And and again, this goes back to Florida being Florida. They had the stop they needed, but they couldn't help themselves on the slide going in double target. It was a double ahead first tackle. Two guys come in leading with the helmet on the sliding quarterback. What do you think they're going to call? You freaking morons. No, oh, that's Florida. That's Florida's entire season right there. Freaking That's a, that absolutely that is absolutely for you. You are one hundred percent correct on that. I think you even mentioned that on Wednesday when I said I was taking the Gators. Uh, stupid <laughs> me because then Florida State goes down. Stupid, yeah. They do something stupid. That's exactly what you said, and they did exactly that. Florida State extends the drive, gets the touchdown for the cover and the win. Uh, they finished the season undefeated. I, I, we, we were talking about pettiness. 
pettiness was the theme of the weekend. I saw I saw a video uh, earlier tonight. Florida plays Tom Petty between uh, third and fourth quarter. I don't remember what song it is. All the crowd sings. It's, it's a big time. It's a big thing. During the Tom Petty song, the Florida State band just fired off the Tomahawk shot <laughs> and just played as loud as they could. I love it. I'm here for all of the pettiness all weekend long. It was top-notch all weekend. Fantastic. We'll talk about more of it later. Yeah, okay, let's rip through a couple of conferences very quickly. The Pac-12 title game we mentioned is going to be Washington and Oregon. The Ducks beat Oregon State 31-7. to Man, Oregon just surgeon's precision dissected Oregon State's defense. If that's the kind of team we see in the playoffs, if they beat Washington, they're going to be tough to handle. Oregon can beat anybody in the nation. Oregon is Oregon is firing on all cylinders right now. It is really a sight to see. I hate myself that I'm even asking this question. If Oregon beats Washington this week, is does Bo Nix win the Heisman Trophy? He could. His stats now are starting to look phenomenal, and he's doing it against really good teams and making really good teams look not so good. They're better than Mariota's. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, well, he doesn't run as well as Mariota did. Doesn't run like Marcus did. But his did. passing stats are unreal. He's throwing like 78%. It's something insane. it's not insane. like he's it's dumping real. things off. It's not like he's doing, you know, the, the Mississippi State thing or, you know, yeah. the yep. Texas Tech thing. The J.J. McCarthy thing. field and hitting at 78% on season. It's something to behold, man. Those Troy Franklin, I mean, he's, he's got an ace receiver. Uh, that he can get it to. It's it's something. It's it's wild. The Ducks are freaking good. I'm personal. I am pulling for Washington. I I've been on the Washington bandwagon since the beginning of the season. I love Michael Penix, but I that's a big big ask for them to to turn around and beat a really really good Oregon team twice in the same season. There's a reason Oregon's favored. It's hard for me to see a way where Washington. I'm not going to say it can't happen. but Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm rooting for Washington, but I may make the heel turn and become a fan of Oregon by next uh, Saturday morning. Uh, if either of those teams, if Washington wins, I'm, I'm obviously cheering for them. If Oregon wins and they can get in the playoff, I'm cheering for Oregon the rest of the way. But we'll see what happens. Let's get through the rest of the Pac-12. Arizona beats Arizona State. They end the season 9-3 and three and third place in the Pac-12. Noah Fafita throws for 527 yards and four touchdowns. He's not going to win any Heisman Trophy or anything like that. But if, if there was like a most valuable player in college football, Noah Fafita would be up my list. He has been absolutely tremendous for the Wildcats all season. What a turnaround in Tucson. Just absolutely wild what Arizona's been able to do. Awesome, awesome work by those guys. Another team that's going to be fun to watch in the bowl, California gets to six wins, beating UCLA 33-7. to You call it! Cannot wait to watch Fernando Mendoza in a bowl game with a month to just practice and prepare. See who they draw next week. In the ACC, not shocking at all, Louisville loses to Kentucky. Louisville's been doing this with smoke and mirrors all season long. 
the only thing that I have going for me right now with my Louisville to win the ACC ticket is they might be able to smoke and mirrors Florida State because Florida State might be on their third quarterback of the season. I kind of here's the thing. I kind of got a hunch that's that's what's going to wind up happening. I think the Florida State problem is going to solve itself because I I think Louisville is going to win. I think they're going to be pissed off. They were act, they were the better team against Kentucky, but the uh, the turnovers and the kick return, the big kick return that Kentucky had, uh, wound up being the difference in the game. So stupid. Louisville really should have won this game, but they didn't because the SEC is has a deal with the devil. Simple as that. Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Both get their sixth wins, and and it's cool because both these teams are going to be fun to watch in the bowl. Syracuse got Garrett Schrader back, and they really need him to be competitive. Yeah. Virginia Tech, ever since they put Kyron Drones in at quarterback, they've been electric. And, oh, and talk about pettiness, because after Virginia Tech beats Virginia, they decide to take a team picture on the field. Guess what the University of Virginia does? <laughs> if y'all have not seen the photo, the University of Virginia turned the sprinklers on the Virginia Tech team. <laughs> so some some postscript here. The uh, the, the so I, I first saw the the picture from like the press box where the Virginia Tech team's down the field. They're about to take a picture for, so they get scoreboard in the background. And, and the sprinklers are on. It's hilarious. Did you see... I sent you the, the actual picture that they took, right? Of the reaction, yeah. Yeah, like from downfield level. It looks awesome with the water. Ever. Oh, it's a tremendous... It's an all-time photograph. It's tremendous. The, the kid responsible for the grounds crew at Scott Stadium tweeted Sunday that... It was not intentional that they turned it on. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. He said, because, and, and I believe him because they talked about the, a similar turf situation during the Carolina State game. Later in the year, they have to do the ryegrass versus the Bermuda. The Bermuda starts dying off in the fall. They have to give it extra water to try to keep it alive through the end of the football season. So he said that they had it had been scheduled since the beginning of November to start coming on 45 minutes after the end of the game, like whenever they, you know, whatever the block was, that you know, that was one of the things they hit right, it yeah. and it would go off. Anyway, he knew. He said he knew that they were down there, but just he he forgot. He said it was. He said he did not mean anything. He forgot to turn it off. Sure, he. That's did. what he said. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Virginia Tech fans were on there. He was like, "Oh, that's no big deal. We no no big deal. We no no." Everybody was cool with it. And to be frank with you. If I had the the badass picture with the with the fifty five seventeen score in the background, I'd be happy with it too. It is an all time photograph. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Good on Virginia Tech for for turning the season around, and getting to a bowl game, and finally, but turning on the sprinklers is all timer. Yeah, that, that all well, no, no, well, yes, it is all time pettiness. But we had another all time pettiness. We'll get to in just a bit. One last note in the ACC, North Carolina State beats North Carolina 39-20. You are absolutely right. I can't believe that I lost an over eight and a half win bet on North Carolina on shit like this over the last month. How did North Carolina win any games this year? Please keep it brief. The beginning of the season, they played with confidence and the defense played with a little bit of confidence. 
they were able to to get up and down the field at will. They were the the, the pass and run game complemented each other. It was fantastic. They did not prepare whatsoever. Mac Brown said in the post game that because the injuries went out, they didn't practice with pads this week. It's the rivalry game. State wants to kill you guys. You're practicing without pads. You're going soft all week long. Are you kidding me? One team wanted it more than the other. Everybody knew who that team was going to be going into the game, and and it played out like that. Omari and Hampton got nothing because State State was obviously the more physical team. Carolina didn't want anything to do with it. After Carolina won the Duke game in overtime, in double overtime or whatever it was, that was an emotional. They spent everything they had, and then when the, when the Clemson game went south in the first quarter last week with the two fumbles. I think Carolina cashed the season. I really do. They did not want to be there in Raleigh Saturday night, and it showed. And we talk about pettiness. Peyton Wilson, who was fantastic for NC State, 15 tackles. He's calling out Carolina's culture in the post game. And then Dave Doran, we talk about cutting wrestling promos, calls Carolina, quote unquote, pieces of shit on live TV in the post game. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do about it, Carolina? You got punked out by the local team down the road again, and, and, and you and you limped to the finish line again while you, while you've wasted two NFL quarterbacks in the last five seasons. You need to do something different, and it needs to start today. What are you going to do? Good on you, State. You were the better team. In the Big Ten, Iowa finishes its season with another. Crazy ass. Jesus CBS play, paid millions of dollars for the right to air that football game on Friday. Nebraska blocks two field goals. So when Iowa gets a last minute interception and gets back in the field goal range again, they turn to a kid who hasn't kicked a field goal all year long. And Marshall Meter wins the game for them. 13 to 10. It goes under the total of 24.5, which is the lowest recorded in NCAA history. Someone posted the list. You've got it not the, the top 10 lowest total, or all Big Ten or military services. Yeah. Like, like the lowest, was it the lowest? Yeah, the lowest eight. Somebody posted the graphic. I think this was on, on TV uh, Friday. Six of them were Iowa. The, like the last two seasons. Not surprising at all. Yeah. Hell, I mean, th- four of them, I think, were this year in Iowa. Oh, I'm sure they were. And, and the crazy joke. thing is, of those 10, they went 9-1 and one to the under. The only one that went over was last year's Army-Navy game. That's bonkers. Yeah, just nuts. And and now Iowa's going to be a 23-point dog in the Big Ten title game. Good on you. Way to go, Big Ten. That's, that's nice. At least Nebraska is not going to a bowl game. Illinois is not going to a bowl game. We thought Minnesota was not going to a bowl game, except not guess so what? fast, my friend. They're the best academic university that went five and seven. God damn it! Way to go, the Minnesota. Jesus Christ! In the SEC, Mississippi wins the Egg Bowl, seventeen to seven over Mississippi State. I learned an interesting piece of trivia about the Egg Bowl. Did you know this before I told it to you? I think I had heard it before and forgotten it. This is hilarious. The game is called the Egg Bowl because in 1979, a Clarion Ledger columnist called it that because neither team was bowl eligible. This is not a glorification of the game. 
it, 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 it's saying both these teams suck, and yet somehow they keep calling it the Egg Bowl. I say the loser of the game, the loser of the game, should be forced to take the trophy until they win. That's kind of funny. That, that's not a bad gimmick. <laughs> we could do that. LSU beat Texas A&M 42-30. to Thing to watch here is Texas A&M started sophomore quarterback Jalen Henderson. You're not going to see him in the bowl game, but you'll see him next year. This was his fourth game of the season, and I'm sure they're not going to burn a red shirt on him on a meaningless bowl game. But he looked good, even in losing. Henderson looked good. Well, we'll, we'll see what Mike Elko wants to do with him. It, it, the, the word tonight is that Duke's Mike Elko is taking the A&M job, which doesn't really mean anything because Saturday night, the word was Mark Stoops from Kentucky exactly. was taking the A&M job. And within two hours, two hours, that got completely nuked by the Texas Ag's message board because, as I mentioned earlier, the Lunatic Fringe does run the athletic departments in both College Station and Austin, Texas because we're absolute nuts down here. It wouldn't surprise me if, quote, insiders end up 0 for 2, maybe 0 for 3 by the time this is over. I wouldn't be shocked if Elko doesn't it comes back and says he's not taking the job. So if you had a chance to take the Texas A&M football job, but needed to think it over, where might you go and who might you call? You, you, you might you might want to go out on a boat, go down to a Caribbean beach somewhere, sit, sit back, one of those drinks with the umbrellas in it, all that good stuff. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel can hook you up with a, 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 a plethora of destinations that may fit that bill. Custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew, where you need to go, not go, whether it's all major cruise lines, all-inclusives, Disney, Universal, all that stuff, she can take care of it for you. WP Magic Journeys on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, find her on social media, tell her that you heard about her on sixth year seniors. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. Before we get back to football, and by God, we've still got a lot of football to talk about. Let's talk some basketball very quickly here. In the ESPN Events Classic Tournament, Invitational, whatever the hell they called it, Florida Atlantic just destroyed the field. They won the oh. final against Virginia Tech, 84-50. Our surprise Final Four participant from last year is looking pretty good again. They dropped the hammer down there in that. Knocked off A&M. Really good game with A&M. Was that, was that Friday? Friday? That was Friday, yeah, because they, they did not play on Saturday. That was, a, that was a hell of a deal. They blow them out in the final. Good stuff from, uh, from Florida Atlantic. In the battle for Atlantis, Villanova jumped Memphis in the title game, never mm. let them back in. They opened up 16-2. to Memphis never got within single digits. Uh, makes me feel better about uh, Carolina losing to them close uh, in overtime in, uh, in the semis. That, the ref, that was a ref show. There were some uh, – the first round, I watched a couple of the other games in Atlantis. The first, those referees all across the board, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It's not just Carolina. All across the board – Officiating's never been worse than it is right now in college basketball. It's a joke. Uh, my Tar Heels bounced back. Put away Arkansas. Arkansas made a run in the second half to get back close. And Carolina did a very good job in in uh, keeping them at bay. I was quite impressed. They hadn't had a performance like that probably since March of 2022. So good on you, Carolina. 
Then last week we mentioned that the Gulf Coast Classic final was taking place. Hofstra and High Point, they did not disappoint. Hofstra won in overtime, 97-92. Tyler Thomas, now the leader in the clubhouse with most points in the game, 40 for Hofstra. Shootout. It was a hell of a deal. Hofstra gets the Duke. Busy schedule this week in college basketball. The ACC-SEC shootout is taking place. A couple games to note. On Wednesday, Tennessee at North Carolina. On Friday, UConn at Kansas. Big time. Love it. And Saturday, Marquette at Wisconsin. Games to watch this week. I believe, uh, let's see, it's it's Tennessee, Carolina, Duke at Arkansas. On the road at Arkansas uh, in the nightcap there. A&M's at Virginia in the SEC, ACC. Miami's at Kentucky on Tuesday. Pretty good field there. I think Clemson can go to Tuscaloosa and give Alabama a challenge, too, on Tuesday. Yeah, those are funny. It looks like Tuesday and Wednesday is the ACC, SEC. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's not the extra day like the old uh, ACC Big Ten challenge was. Pour one out for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. All right, back to football. In the Big 12, it's going to be Texas and Oklahoma State, although there was some question about Oklahoma State because BYU gave them one heck of a game. I I told you. Overtime before Oklahoma State won. I told you Oklahoma State would play with their food. I didn't think it would be to the extent that they did. And. For most of the afternoon Saturday, I was, well, there was only one way this was going to end. It was going to be Texas and Oklahoma playing for the Big 12 title with both teams on their way to the SEC. With, with the, the, the funniest result of that would have been Oklahoma beating Texas, but then both fan bases having to chant SEC, SEC during the trophy presentation while Texas cried because they got knocked out of the playoffs. But they had to stay and chant SEC for the pettiness of it. But somehow we avoided that. It's not we're not going to avoid Texas chanting SEC uh, next Saturday. They're going to beat Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State had their hands full with BYU for sixty minutes and change. BYU fell apart in that double overtime. Meanwhile, at Texas, with the Big Twelve commissioner in the house. Oh. The University of Texas decided to show only SEC scores on the stadium scoreboard. <laughs> There's some pettiness for you. The pettiness was, was it was jacked up to a level I can't remember in any recent memory in college football this weekend. It was awesome. Even though this game ended up not mattering by the time it played, Iowa State beats Kansas State 42-35. They played in a snowstorm, and Iowa State still did not care. They had touchdown scores of 60, 71, 77, 79, and 82 yards. Ton of big plays in that one. That was a hell, that was a spectacle. Snow all over the field. They had to bring out the snowblowers to, to blow off the hash marks. It was, it was wild in Farmageddon. It was, uh, it was awesome. The crazy stat from that game. Iowa State ran only six plays in Kansas State territory the entire game. Good God. That's insane. And they scored scored 42 points. points. That is insane. And Central Florida beats Houston 27-13, so Central Florida is bowl eligible. It's a good thing. Central Florida is a fun team to watch. 
Yeah, they're a fun little bunch, and and after some early struggles in league, they got it together and, and managed to get six. In the American, it's going to be Tulane against SMU after Tulane beats Texas San Antonio, and SMU just destroys Navy. Yeah, SMU dropped the hammer on Navy. That's not surprising. I thought UTSA would give Tulane a little bit more of a game, but Roadrunners weren't up to the challenge. Turned the ball over, what, five times? Something like that. It was a shit show, yeah. yeah. We talked about, I I don't think Texas will be the only university in Texas to chant the conference of of a different league. When they when they get the trophy next weekend, I like SMU to beat Tulane. We're gonna see what happens, and they can chant ACC when they get their trophy presented to them. Wonderful. Now Both. I don't think I don't think or the Oregon Washington fans will chant Big Ten in the Pac-12 thing. Oh, I, I think they not? understand. <laughs> I don't think they will. I do think that they are they're pawns in a bigger game here. I really don't think they they really want to move. Mongo just pawn in game of exactly war. exactly rice and South Florida both became bowl eligible we've been talking about rice all year they cha-ching won my win total so I'll take that uh, the question now is whether AJ Padgett freshman or a 97 year old eighth year senior JT Daniels will be their quarterback <laughs> in the bowl game let the freshman have it good grief get give JT one series just for uh you know, for the senior citizen discount, but let Padgett have it. Did you see the South Florida bowl celebration where they where they rolled the helmets and all the players fell down? No, no, that very, very, good very stuff. good stuff. They were they were excited. They were excited to be bowling. It was good stuff. They're going to be a fun team to watch too. Nine of their twelve games totaled at least sixty points. A lot of points to be had. Of course, not that Alabama game. No, that Alabama game was such an outlier. I know, absolutely bonkers. In the Sun Belt, it's going to be Appalachian State against your Troy Trojans. After Damn App straight. State beats Georgia Southern 55-27, and Madison knocks off Coastal 56-14. I was wrong on the Coastal deal. I thought I, I thought Madison would, wouldn't be able to, to manhandle them like they did. I was wrong. And by the way, Madison is now eligible to go to a bowl although they can't go to a New Year's Six, and they can't play for their conference championship. Go figure. Sure. Th- th- yeah, that's fine. And so no matter who – no, 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 wait. Actually, actually not, because App, App beat JMU last week. James Madison won at Troy earlier in the year. So if Troy wins, James Madison can print shirts. But if App wins – James Madison's probably going to print shirts anyway because they won more games. But anyway, (laughs) it's pettiness. We told you the Sun Belt was awesome because they brought back the idea of regional beef and it's paid off this year. The the Sun Belt East is is, is loaded with pettiness. I love it. It's fantastic. We'll see if the Appalachian State Mountaineers have anything for my Troy Trojans this Saturday. It should be a good game down in the Wiregrass. Old Dominion got their sixth win. Despite trailing 24-14 with a buck 37 left in their game against Georgia State, they kicked the field goal, then kicked off, held Georgia State down to their own 10. Two plays later, they got a safety. Then when they get the ball back, they get down, they, they make a great pass play. They get down to the Georgia State six. Grant Wilson, the quarterback, takes it in himself for three yards on fourth down to win the game. 
Remarkable comeback from Old Dominion, who also won their fifth game last week on a last-second field goal. Damn, I missed all of that yesterday. Good grief. Uh, Louisiana and Marshall also got their sixth wins in the Sun Belt. And the Sun Belt has more teams eligible for bowl games than the SEC. Oh, how'd that happen, huh? In the Mountain West, it's going to be Boise and UNLV, even though San Jose State knocked off UNLV 37-31. It created a three-way tie, which had to be settled by computers, and San Jose State was the odd man out. Isn't the BCS great? We love the BCS. It's not just the BCS. This is what happens when you get rid of divisions. And, and trust me, this is not the first time you're going to see this in the coming years. This will happen One. in the Big Ten. It'll happen in the Big 12. It's going to happen in the SEC. Have fun with it. One, when you get rid of divisions. And two, you don't play a round-robin schedule. You have too many teams in these bloated conferences. This is a 12-team league. What do you think is going to happen in a 14, 16, 18-team leagues out here? It's ridiculous. Come on. Boise State fired their head coach three weeks ago. They're going. They're playing for the. They're favored in the Mountain West Championship game uh, next Saturday. It's fantastic. In the late night get back game that we mentioned earlier, Hawaii beats Colorado State 27-24, denying the the Rams bowl eligibility. Matthew Shipley and Hawaii scrambled to kick a 51-yard field goal as time expired. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, did did you see the full play? I, I did see the full play, yes. Why didn't they spike the ball? It was first down. So so with about nine seconds left, they throw a pass that gets them in the field goal range, and they get out of bounds. But then the clock starts again, but they were already lining up for a field goal, so they couldn't spike the ball. They had to go through with the field goal. Shipley was just kind of jogging out, and then you, you could see he realized the clock is running, and he races out, sets himself, and they snap the ball with like literally a tenth or two before it goes to zero, and he kicks the field goal. Okay, I only saw the play one time. Okay, that makes a little more sense that they were changing the teams out. They should just they should have left the, the left the prime team out there. I think it, run around a little bit, and throw it, at least run the rest of the clock out. I think they didn't realize the clock was going to start again. Oh, because they thought they were out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like they were out of bounds. Gotcha. But apparently not. But yeah, wild, hell, wild finish. Hell of the a last regular. Well, no, not the last regular season game of the year because that's going to be Navy and Army next week or two weeks from now. Hell of a fight. Uh, he 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 barely got any sort of like running start to to kick the ball. No, he, that's even... that's just it. He he barely set himself. It was hilarious. Hell of a deal, though. Go Bows. In the MAC, it's going to be Toledo and Miami of Ohio. A couple of notes on bowl eligibility. Northern Illinois almost got beat by Kent State before turning Ooh. it around in the end. That gives Northern Illinois six wins. Eastern Michigan got its sixth win by beating Buffalo. Their six wins are Ball State, Buffalo, Akron, Kent State, Massachusetts and Howard, a combined oh a combined record of nineteen and fifty-two. Good lord, that's awful. Uh, what What do you think? Is that deserving of having to play Iowa? Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> deserving. 
and, and the game the game can't finish until Eastern Michigan scores. Well, we'll be here till February then. <laughs> exactly. Good grief. In Conference USA, New Mexico State earns its rightful ownership of a title game bid by beating Jacksonville State 20 to 17. New Mexico State actually finishes second in the division or in the conference. Jack State also going bowling because there weren't enough teams. Yeah, that, that's just it. There were only 79 teams with six wins. Navy might be make it 80, who, and then hopefully would knock out Minnesota. But because there's spots left over, the first teams who get it are teams who have six wins but are otherwise were not eligible. That's what gave James Madison and Jacksonville State the honors. Bingo. And Sam Houston State wins another game, beating Middle Tennessee State 23-20. So two big FBS wins for Sam Houston State in their first year. Called it on Sam Houston. And and did you see the the, the fight that broke out after the after the game ended? After no, the field goal? No. Yeah, there was a there was a brawl. So we've got beef. Sam Houston, Middle Tennessee, circle the calendar game next year. It it got nasty. That's that's always good stuff. It was about a point six on the uh, the Miami FIU scale. Oh my! Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Helmets being thrown, punches thrown, the, the works. Yeah. And just to close an ongoing storyline of the year, Kent State is the worst team in FBS football, with a Sagarin rating of forty four point ten. They finish a good. 1.2 points below Massachusetts, 45.35. Brutal. Florida International made quite a run. They ended up finishing third. Uh, I think they were outside the top 10 a month ago. Good Lord. And actually, now that I'm, I'm curious here, where is Eastern Michigan? They're not in the top 10, but they've got to be close. Despite being bowl eligible. Yeah, yeah. 56 Point fifty four. I'll have to look to see what the next eligible bowl team is, but I have a five a feeling it. Oh, actually, no, it's Arkansas State. No, it's South Florida. That's shocking. At fifty eight sixty four, not as bad as I thought it would be. Not bad. And we are going to do our bowl selection playoff. What 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 did we end up calling that thing last year? The, the 60 Seniors Bowl Draft. There we go. The Bowl Draft. The Bowl Draft. We are going to do that before the Bowls start on December 16th. So watch for that. If you don't like what the College Football Playoff Committee put together, you might like what we do better. God, I hope so. So that's all we have for football. Let's run through the schedule very quickly. There's not much to it. It's just Friday and Saturday. On Friday, on CBS Sports at 4 p.m. Vegas time, it's the Conference USA title, New Mexico State at Liberty. An hour later, in Vegas, it's Washington and Oregon on ABC. To say that's a game of consequence is a massive, massive understatement. That will be the first monkey in the wrench for the College Football Playoff Committee, that's for sure. Absolutely. On Saturday, 9 a.m. Vegas time on ABC Oklahoma State and Texas at Arlington, and Toledo, Miami of Ohio in Detroit on ESPN. 
that uh that Texas game that line opened at eleven and a half. It's already up to fourteen. So the money early money coming in on the horns. Man, Ollie Gordon can shorten up games. I I You're like not Oklahoma State in that role. Two touchdowns, I'll take Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State stole the Big Twelve title from Baylor. Was it last year? Or two years ago, in that game where they had the goal line stand. Uh, that was two years ago, I believe. Gundy can coach his ass off. There could be some shenanigans here. That's a big number. At noon on Fox, Boise is at UNLV. Listen, it's it's tech you know, it's technically neutral site, but it's yeah, they're it's playing not. it at the big stadium. Yeah. They're not playing at Thomas and Mac, so at one PM you have a trio of games. The American title SMU at Tulane on ABC. On ESPN, the Sun Belt App State at Troy. And then, of course, the big one in Atlanta, Georgia, and Alabama on CBS. Finally, after years of talking about this, the final SEC on CBS game, Georgia-Bama at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the SEC championship game. All sorts of ramifications in that one. The storylines run hella deep. It's going to be a big, big deal. And then the final pair at 5 p.m. Vegas time, the ACC title in Charlotte on ABC. That's Florida State and Louisville. And, oh dear God, Iowa, Michigan in Indianapolis on Fox. What the weekend lacks in quantity, it certainly makes up for in quality. There are. Except for the Iowa, Michigan. Except for, I would say, I was going to count one, two, three. Four, five, I mean, there are seven super-duper games this weekend. Totally worth your full and undivided attention. Do your best. There's going to be picture-in-picture, definitely, definitely Saturday afternoon for sure. I don't know if I've got enough pictures to go picture-in-picture-in-picture. I'm I'm obviously most interested in uh, Liberty and Toledo and Louisville. I have all three of those on conference win tickets. Two of them are favorites. I'll take that. I, I may have to do some work on Louisville, possibly, but at twelve to one, uh, I, I'll take that any day. Hashtag vested interests. I have nothing else for the listening audience. Uh, I do not either. Uh, we'll come back on Wednesday, place some bets on these games, probably talk some basketball too, since we really didn't get a chance to dig too deep into it. College football is just crazy, man. But we'll come back Wednesday. Gambling hoops. Catch everybody up. And we'll be back sometime early next week with a review of all the championship games and some bowl previews. The shoot jobs have got us going in crazy different places. So we might be a day later, too. Yeah, we'll figure it all out. So, I mean, so look, we're talking about championships this weekend. We're not talking about practice. Not talking about practice. We're talking championships. So... For Nature Boy Ric Flair, Harley Race, Terry Funk, Jack Briscoe. Tommy Rich? The, the, Tommy Rich. Out the, the NWA World Champion Tommy Rich. For absolutely. seven days. And you know what? For that CM Punk guy, too. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back Wednesday making some plays, making some money, talking conference titles and hoops right here on 6th Year Seat.